Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. All uh, right. It's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game set for the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the mayor keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. But when it comes to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues. The ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Bong, 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 bong. What's going on? What it is, what it do, what's happening, what's popping, what's the science, all that. This is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. I'll be the mayor. I'll be left-handed. I'll be that dude who talks sports, man, on another on, on another level, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not like the everyday meet, you know what I'm saying? I talk about the same old thing every day of the week. We don't do that over here. Um... We've been slipping for a, a, a hot minute, though, know, trying to get these shows together and all that, man. But life is life, you know what I mean? So here we are, man. Wednesday night, we're about to get it popping. You already know it's hump day and all that good stuff. Hope you're doing what you need to do, wherever you are, wherever jurisdiction you under. Yo, man, just do the right thing, all right? Don't forget to wash your hands and all that, man. This is left-handed. I'm in the building. It's so much to get into, yo. Um... Postseason in the in, in the NHL, postseason sort of semi diet coke postseason so far in the NBA. Um, it's a lot to get into tonight, man. We're gonna rock out till ten o'clock and possibly beyond because it's a lot to get into. I want to talk about um, the the death today of one of my heroes, man. One of my guys. One of, I thought was one of the funniest dudes on the planet. Um, rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Um, going to get into that. I want to talk about Tony Larusa. I agree with Tony Larusa. Absolutely, we're going to get into that. Um, so yeah, man, WNBA can't forget them. Can't forget my hockey people. I got my man PBJ in the house. Pretty Bob James in the building. So where are we going to start? I know where we're going to start. Let's start with Kwame Brown and get that out the way. Listen, man. Um, for a dude who was a number one pick, shout out to Michael Jordan. Um. <laughs> you know, for, for, for all that that's worth. Um, he's now, you know, in, in, in the retirement mode of his life. You know what I mean? He's on the other side. He's doing what he do, got his money, and he's living. So now I think, you know, he's um, finally waking up to the fact that people were laughing at him during his career. People thought, you know, he was a, he was a bum. People thought he was a bus. You know what I mean? And 10 years after the fact, now you want to wake up and say, you know, you know, get at all these people with these convoluted excuses about how you was good. I mean, again, you know, efficiency on the court, that matters a damn. Ain't nobody thinking about no efficiency on the court. They're looking at you scoring four and a half points and three and a half rebounds. That's what they're looking at. So, again, at the end of the day, um, Kwame Brown, 
number one draft pick for the Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan. Um, he'll never be the executive of the year. Um, so Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes have a podcast called All the Smoke. And they were um, they brought up Kwame Brown's name, and Kwame Brown took offense to it, and it's, it is really getting crazy. So again, um, I think that Kwame is now taking it to another note. He's involved Jamel Hill. Um, he's involved, you know, um, um, New York City radio uh, host Charlemagne. It's, it's really, really crazy. It's getting outrageous, and I think that you know, there's two sides of the story. You can look at it for what it is because if you think when somebody asks you if you're a sports head, a basketball head, and somebody asks you about Kwame Brown, you're going to look at them and laugh. Kwame Brown is kind of like Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, those dudes that kind of pan, didn't pan out. They, they, they got in the league and, and it was garbage, right? So now, you know, Kwame Brown wants to speak up. And I'm not mad at some of the stuff that he says. He's absolutely right. You know, but I think that the other the other stuff is what's really you know get you know got under his skin. People you know laughing at him. They was absolutely because you play like garbage, and I think that it goes back to people having expectations from number one picks. And um, again, your attitude wasn't the best, Kwame Brown. All right, you got your bread. You know what I mean. You got the number one pick status, but you ain't do nothing with it. And no disrespect to, to, to what you're talking about now, because what you're talking about is bigger than basketball. And um, I understand it, and I get it. You know what I mean? And um, your approach was straightforward. I dig it. I'm not mad at your approach. But you would try and defend the fact that people were calling you garbage. That's the part that bu- bugged me out. Like, with, with this, I was the most efficient. You're like, what the hell is this? What the hell are you talking about? What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like that 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 to me is is an excuse. If you didn't like the fact that them cats brought your name up, you should have just said that. Don't try to justify the fact like you were some, you know, dude that was getting a lot of shine. The shine that you got was the shine that you got because you was the number one draft pick. Nah, and, and and you didn't do nothing with it. And again, I'm not coming down on you. I'm just telling the truth, my dude, because a lot of these dudes are sensitive. If you're not waving pom poms and you're not you know, telling them how great they are and, and, and you're serving them, you know, cake and all that. You know what I mean? Now, you know, they, they don't want to be bothered with you because all they want to hear is applause and platitudes and all of that. We don't, we don't do that over here. And Kwame Brown, knock it off. But outside of the basketball stuff that Kwame is talking about, yo, I, 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 you know, I kind of intend to agree with him. But he wants to keep it on. He he just feels like they shouldn't have talked about his basketball career. And to me, that's bugged out. You know, but um, I think that, you know, Kwame, like I said on another podcast yesterday, I was like, yo, this is the most shots that Kwame Brown ever hit in his career. And I meant that. No, I know it was kind of funny. I know it was funny. It was a slick line, though. But I, and I meant that. It was, this is the most shots he ever hit in his career. Now he's getting his name out to a home to a generation who probably you know didn't know about him five ten years ago or last week. You know what I mean? But now you know you 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 Google Kwame Brown and he's all over the place. So again, at the end of the day, man, I mean it's 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 cool 
to you know be able to speak your opinion and nothing's wrong with that. Go ahead, talk talk your ish because that's what you're doing. You're spitting that ism. You're dropping jewels. I'm not mad at you. But when it comes to the basketball conversation, my guy, like, you got to fall back because people are right. They still talk about, um, um, what's my man from Kentucky? Sam, um, Sam Bowie. They still talk about him. And he got drafted. I think he got drafted before Michael Jordan in that draft. It was it 83? They still talk about Sam Bowie. Look at Greg Oden. It's a whole bunch of them. I mentioned Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf before. I mean, again, you know, you know, people have their right to speak their mind and say how they feel or whatever the case may be. But if you want to talk about things that's going on that's affecting, you know, what's going on in the world and stuff like that, then that's fine. I'm not, you know, I mean, but don't try to justify it by saying, well, yo, they're talking about me and calling me a bum because you was a bum. Straight like that. You was a bum. Garbage, basura. Straight. I hate to say it like that, but it is what it is. So, again, man, I, I just think that, um, you know, we're in the era now where people can get in their feelings. They can put a camera in their face. They can go on YouTube or whatever, and they can pontificate on whatever nonsense that they feel like talking about just to get their name out there. That's the, that's that, that's the formula for success. Have people have, their, have your name in their mouth. And I'm not mad at that. But I think that, um, you know, you got some of these young cats that really don't know. They def- you know, because they're, so, they're sensitive, yo. These cats are wild sensitive. And now they're defending Kwame Brown. Like, well, Kwame Brown was a decent ba- – how do you know? Kwame Brown was a decent basketball player. When was this? When? He had his moments like everybody else. But this is what got us here in the first place. Katz was telling the truth, and, and, and he felt the way. Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes was telling the truth. And you can't do that these days. And it's funny because, like, you want to talk about, you know, defending yourself, and that's not – Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. But how can you defend yourself against it when people be telling, saying what's right? How are you going to defend that? Yeah, you had injuries. I get it. Yep, yep. You sure did. You was hurt. I get it. Yep, yep. Then you got traded, and then you start bouncing all over the place, right? I get it. But then you come back ten years later, like you got a grudge, like you did that. You know what I mean? You did that. Nobody else, Steven Jackson didn't do it to you. Michael Jordan didn't do it to you. Matt Barnes didn't do it to you. Charlemagne ain't do it to you. I ain't do it to you. The ubiquitous Bob James ain't do it to you. Dev and my people at War Room Sports ain't do it to you. No knockoffs radio ain't do it to you. You did it to yourself. So, again, man, I just wanted to, to speak to that for a hot second, man. We're in the building, man, 954 um, We're going to talk about the NFL schedule, all right? 
Um, you know, they're going to run it in the ground. The NFL is running it in the, to the ground, into the ground, into the ground, into the ground. And they're right. This, this, this is where I got to give them some credit because they, they took it and they're going to run it into the ground. They're going to drill it into your head. This is the biggest schedule ever, which is right. Can't knock them. Can't knock them. So um, we want to talk about that. My Buccaneers, we, we uh, have the opening game Thursday night was September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm looking at, I was looking at our schedule and I mean, we got some, you know, we got some, you know, decent games or whatever. Um, we play Buffalo. We go to New England week four. And I think that is going to be a game that people are going to be anticipating. Um, I think they're going to, you know, salute Tom Brady, salute Rob Gronkowski. Um, I think it's going to be too early in the, it's too early in the schedule to even think about um, New England in a way where they can compete with Tampa Bay. Because my Buccaneers, man, we got everybody coming back. I'm not falling back on that. I'm not relaxing on that at all. But I just like what we got coming back. And I think by the time the world rolls around, um, if Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback in New England or if if um, the, the rookie Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback in New England, whatever they do, they got to figure it out because Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be coming to town on um, uh, week four. Um I think that's sometime I think it's October, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, man, um I like our schedules. Um are we gonna win fourteen, fifteen games? Who knows? A lot of uh, uh, you know, you're the hunted now. Well we're the hunted. We're the hunted now. So I think that, you know, people are gonna be coming for us. We're gonna definitely win our fair share of games. I think the division is ours. I'm not really worried about anybody else in our division right now, especially since Drew Brees retired. Um, I think Atlanta's got, you know, better. You know what I mean? But that's yet to be um, determined. Um, Carolina, you know, they'll figure it out with Sam Darnold. I'm not, I'm not really worried about them. So I think that, you know, we can, you know, handle our, handle our business in the division, like I always say, handle our business in the, in the division, five and one. All right, and then we take care of the rest of it um, as it as it comes. Um, we open up with two home games. We open up with the Dallas Cowboys on September 9th, and then week two, September 19th, we host the Atlanta Falcons. Then we got a two game road trip. We go to L.A. September 26th, and then we got Sunday night in New England, October the third. All right, and um, then after that, week five. That will be the week that myself and PBJ will not be speaking because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play host to the Miami Dolphins uh, week five. Week six, my Buccaneers go into a familiar place. We like Philadelphia to go see the Eagles. Remember, we shut down the vet, and we beat the Eagles in their first game ever at Lincoln Financial Field, so we like going to Philly. Um we got the Chicago Bears week seven at home. We got to pay them back. Um, then we're at New Orleans on Halloween night. Okay, we're at New Orleans on Halloween. Then uh, we got Washington at Washington November 14th. Then we play the Giants uh, Monday night game November 22nd at uh, MetLife. And then week 12, we play at Indianapolis. Week 13, we play at Atlanta. Week 14. The Buffalo Bills come to Tampa Bay, play the, the Buccaneers. 
week 14. Week 15, we play at home on a Sunday night against New Orleans. Week 16, we play Carolina, day after Christmas. Week 17, day after New Year's, we play the New York Jets at MetLife. So we'll make two trips to MetLife. No, we'll make one trip to MetLife because the Giants come to Tampa. Okay, so the, the Jets, we go to the Jets on January 2nd, and then we close out the season with January 9th against the Carolina Panthers at home. I don't see a lot of toughness in the schedule. We could beat Dallas. We could beat Atlanta. The Rams might be a tough game for us. We'll beat New England. We'll beat Miami. We'll beat the Eagles. we got to beat the Bears. We might lose against Washington. We might lose against the Colts. I give us a 14-3 and record. That's looking at it in, 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 in May. You know what I mean? Holler at me in July and August and September when we get closer to the season. But um, the NFL schedule, man, is, is, is you know, um, the biggest one ever. You know, they're going to run that in the ground. They're going to beat you in the head with how big, you know, how much, um, many more games they're going to get. And it's true. And I'm not mad at them. They worked it out. And um, I think that some interesting quirks are taking place in this 2021 NFL schedule. And we're going to talk about them a little bit. Um, it's always a fun day last night when the NFL schedule drops because they try to make keep everything so secret and, um, you know, under the board. And, like, we was getting the schedules were being dropped all day long, you know. And so nothing's really sacred anymore. So we knew basically what your schedule was before the schedule, you know, they had, they had a show on NFL Network. They had a show on ESPN, you know, regarding the, the NFL schedule. Like it was some, they were opening up some secret that we didn't know about already, you know. Um, yeah, some, some, some uh, scheduling quirks that's going on in, in this uh, NFL schedule this year. Um, the Cleveland Browns, all right, they have a very interesting situation going on in the schedule. They play in Baltimore in week 12, and they have a bye in week 13, and the Ravens come to Cleveland in week 14. So basically, that's the situation where the teams are playing each other back-to-back. And I think it's the first time since 1991, you know, that teams have played um, back-to-back regular season games against the same opponent. And, that you know, that's just one of the little quirks um, in the schedule. The Ravens will be playing four straight home games, all right, um, the Chicago Bears don't have to play back-to-back road games. Um, Washington football team is going to close the season with five straight games against the division. So, I mean, if they have if they have any chance, you know what I mean, to get into the playoffs or, you know, to make their presence felt in that, in that situation, they got five straight games in the division. So there's no excuse. And I think we should watch out for Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick, that defense is already a beast. 
So watch out for Washington. But we got the NFL preview coming up later on down the line. Um, there are only four teams this year that have to play their first two games on the road. And that's Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, and the 49ers. All right. Um, two teams closed the season with two straight road games, and that's Kansas City and Carolina. All right. Um, the Patriots, they're going to be facing three teams this season that will be coming off a bye. So, again, they're going to be playing teams that, you know, coming off a, a week's rest, and we'll see how that works out for New England. Um, the Denver Broncos will not be seen on Monday Night Football this year. All right. That's the first time since 1991. All right. Um, the Eagles. I mean, when you talk about the Eagles, man, you know, it's a lot of stuff that's taking place with them. They have a ring to show for it. So whatever you say about the Philadelphia Eagles, they still got a Super Bowl ring to show for it. Um, they have an easy strength of schedule, and um, they don't have to play a single road game this season against a team that had a winning record last year. So, again, I think that the Eagles don't have an excuse this year. We'll talk about the schedule and, you know, and, and over-unders and stuff later on. But I think, you know, when, when you consider, you know, things of that nature, teams like the Eagles don't have any excuse. You know, teams like Washington wouldn't have an excuse because they have five straight division games to close the season. That's crazy. That's like that's like the pennant race in baseball, you know. Um, the Cowboys, all right, We'll be playing three Thursday night games in the first 13 weeks of the season. Um, again, I think that when you when you talk about Thursday night games, those are you know exciting, and again, they want to get the biggest audience, they want to get the most eyes. I think that's the reason why they had the Cowboys in the opening game against Tampa Bay. Um, you know, not you know, let alone from the fact that you know Dak Prescott to be coming back from his um, hor- horrific injury from last year. Um, we'll see what the Cowboys can do, you know, on the road, big game, um, opening night, a lot of excitement. Um, I'm expecting my Bucks to show up and win. But um, I just think that the Cowboys, all you want them to do is be competitive. You want the Cowboys to be competitive. Shout out to my man, Buzzy A, you know, all the Cowboy fans out there. Um, week 14, the Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, and New England Patriots all have the bye in week 14. Um, it's the latest scheduled bye that any team has been given since the NFL expanded in 2002. Um, Tampa Bay, we had the latest bye week last year. We won the Super Bowl. Um, again, so, you know, you take that for what it's worth. Those are some of the um, scheduling quirks that are going on this year in the um, NFL. Um, is pretty Bob James in the building? What's going on with you, man? We got we got, we got beef, man. We got we got beef. I think we got beef. Week five, man. Tampa Bay and Miami Dolphins, but we'll talk about that later on down the line. Uh, I hear where that goes too, you know, and I agree with you with the scheduling. I mean, you know, this is the first seventeen weeks season we're or not seven seventeen game season we're gonna have. You know, we're talking eighteen weeks and um and you know, I mean I think it's only a matter of time before they put in that uh that eighteenth game. 
You know, the only thing is a matter of time before they do that. And uh, let's face it, um, let's let's face it. It's just going to be uh, one of those things. One of those things, you know, where do you add an extra bye week for teams because of that and make it a twenty week season? I mean, are you going to all of a sudden expand the playoffs to where there's going to be eight teams in there instead of seven? Which we know they want to do that too. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's um, it's just another one of those things where football is really expanding, and uh, I gotta say, it's um, football is the only one, only only game that's really not shortening their season. I mean, we we've seen basketball do it. We've seen you know, basketball did it this year. Uh, baseball. I believe baseball is still going to do all 162 games. I'm not sure. They're trying. They're trying. Because baseball is one that has cable is one that has cable contracts, major network contracts, and and you know basically syndication for especially uh, with local affiliates, local okay. affiliates in their area. So. I mean, you know, if people want to know why baseball makes the millions. These are reasons why, man, because you know they they get the most most you know they got the most games and they get they'll get the most airtime because uh, that's the way they do it. Basketball does it that way too, with eighty two games a year. You know, with the uh, with uh, getting uh, their local teams, especially in syndication, that way too. So football, you don't really see it with. Football, you don't really see it with that one, right? So, so that's something that's got to be said. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, football has. When the NFL Network was there in Thursday Night Football, they used to let uh, the uh, the uh, you know they'll let the uh, local syndicated uh, spot cover cover the game for those respective cities, but that was about it. Now everything's on a national level for football, but it's not all the TV that there is. So goes to show you who really gets the advertisers the most. It's going to be the ones that are on TV the most in the most areas, the mo- in the most ways, with the, with the most. Most times that they play every every year, <laughs> right, right. So I mean, it is it is what it is, man. I mean, especially with football. I think football is kind of different because football is protected. You know what I mean? Um, you can have situations in in the, in the NBA. You can have situations in Major League Baseball and the other uh, major sports leagues. So I think when it comes to the NFL, um, they they're, they're going to protect their brand, and like you said, they're going to do whatever it takes for them. To you know, get you know, get that money, you know, and I think that they have to you know uh, again justify that TV money. So again, they're gonna have, like you said, they got they want the most eyeballs, or they can get the most sponsors, the most sponsor money, and uh, where they can turn this thing around because they know they're taking losses. They they're hemorrhaging money, they're hemorrhaging money. But the NFL, I think, not as much because, like you said, they haven't really had to you know cancel or postpone or stop their season. This is gonna be season two. For the NFL, you know what I mean. So again, uh, you know everything is you know running on schedule. You know what I mean. They you know they they're planning on doing what they you know doing what they need to do, man. But I think you know as far as you know the NHL and Major League Baseball is concerned, and um, 
even other leagues to a certain degree, they got to still watch out, man. They still got to watch out because they can, you know, you know, like the Yankees, man, they're going through it. They had like nine people that had the COVID virus. You know what I mean? So this is, it, it's crazy. So, again, with 162 games, you're playing all the way into October, something's bound to happen. But they've been, you know, baseball has been lucky. You know what I mean? But um, I think that, um, you know, with football, you know, they're going to have, you know, they're going to definitely take, you know, um, steps to make sure that they, everybody's safe or whatever. But I think that, um, like you said, football just moved along. Like, it wasn't no pandemic going on. It wasn't. They, they canceled preseason last year. They canceled the Hall of Fame game. But week one was on time. Yeah, that the yeah. They didn't have to push nothing back. They didn't have to push nothing back. So when you when you talk about the NFL, they go they gonna do what they do. You know, you know they go they gonna do what they do, and I think if, you know it has to really come to a really really dire dire situation for um, the um, NFL to say you know we're gonna you know we're gonna not you know not make this happen. You know, and, and we're gonna you know postpone or push everything back. But um, yeah, man, this is after further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass, Stanley Cup playoffs are in full effect. You already know we're gonna talk about that later on. But right now, I want to get into the big homie, Tony Larusa. Okay, um, I think that when you talk about Tony Larusa, you know, we know about well. We know about him from when he was, you know, the manager of the White Sox and St. Louis Cardinals and the Oakland A's and all of that. Um, but this is a different time right now. But the rules never change. You know, baseball is one of those games that have a, a bunch of unwritten rules. And, you know, you feel bad when you, when you, when you, when you break them. You're not supposed to um, bunt if somebody's throwing a no-hitter. You're not supposed to talk to the pitcher while he's in the middle of a no-hitter. Um, you're not supposed to swing three and oh when you're up by eleven runs. The Chicago White Sox were um leading the Minnesota Twins, I think it was Monday night, and um uh the guy's name, Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes swung at a three and pitch and hit a, a long home run. Tony LaRusa got upset with him. And I'm not mad at Tony LaRusso. I think that, you know, you're not supposed to do that. You're up 11 runs, man. You know, like, what? you know, when are they going to come back on you? So I think that, um, you know, with this generation, man, they don't really want to hear that, man. And I think that, you know, that's going to, you know, be something that you put in, the, in, in, in your back pocket to remember later on down the season. Because, again, the White Sox are one of the best teams in baseball, and I think that's one of the things that's keeping this from being um, almost kind of blown out of proportion. Because, you know, the season started off with the question of, you know, um, Tony La Russa is the OG. You know, how is he going to, you know, communicate and, and, and get along with this kind of new, new wave player? You know, and I think that this is one of the cases where um, people want to speak their mind or say what they say. This is one of be one of the chances for them to do it, but so far so good, man. I think I think that it's just a situation where, like Tony Larusa said, they're going to keep it in the family, do what they do, take care of it, and it won't happen again. So, 
I don't understand why people are so up in arms about, you know, Tony LaRusso shouldn't send anything and, you know, this is going to be a problem in the clubhouse. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because I think that the only way it wouldn't, the only way that it would be a problem in the clubhouse is that if they didn't respect Tony LaRusso. And I think that they respect Tony LaRusso. Matter of fact, I'm quite certain that those, those young guys respect Tony LaRusso. In, in that locker room. I just think it's the other people who are kind of expecting him to fail. You know, they, they don't want Tony La Russa to be Tony La Russa. You know, they wanted him to kind of like kowtow and, and now be one of, you know, one of these, you know, newfangled guys, which he's not. You're not going to get that out of Tony La Russa, period. Um, some people saying that he shouldn't have, you know, made it public about, you know, um, his, his uh, you know, disdain for uh, the home run. Um, again, that, that, you know, we don't keep anything in-house. We, 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 we speak our mind and we let it, let, let it be known how we feel. Um, again, you know, he's thinking of down the line, you know, because, you know, Minnesota could, you know, take offense to that. They can, you know, they don't have to respond to it right away, but, you know, they're going to see them again later on in the season. Um, the fact about, you know, the part about him throwing his player under the bus. Nah, he threw himself under the bus. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's, that's, you know, that comes with, you know, learning the game. You know, that comes with learning the game. And I think that, again, Tony LaRusso was right, absolutely right, in speaking his mind and saying, I, because you don't do that. You don't do that. Up 11 runs, what are you doing? You know, and all that, all that about he wanted his players to stop trying. Nah, that's not the point at all. That's not the point at all. Taking a taking a three zero pitch is, is is not absolute. Is not quitting. You're not quitting if you're taking a three zero pitch up eleven runs. So all this nonsense that people are talking about, man, is 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 crazy. They just want to have something to discuss. They need a headline. You know, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Tony LaRusso is still the manager of the Chicago White Sox. He's going to be the manager of the Chicago White Sox. And people need to, you know, kind of stop looking for a story in every situation. Stop looking for a scandal in every situation. You know, let people do what they do, you know. And I think that um, it's, it's going to get handled, you know, from within. And people should just leave it alone. Let them do what they do. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We're in the building. We're going to take a pause for the calls. When we come back, we're going to get into the NBA playing situation. Yeah, man, we're going to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs and all that. And um, we're going to do the three-minute rant. I got something nice for the three-minute rant. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Get at me on Twitter, man, at RMDES. All right, let's go.
Damn, that was quick. Uh, we're back in the building, man. After further review, two point oh, aka the sideline pass. Uh, pretty Bob James is just in action right now, so we just gonna keep it moving. Um, NBA. Oh, I forgot to even say, it, man. Nine five four two four six zero three nine eight. I forgot to say that. Nine five four two four six zero three nine eight. Um, NBA. Yo, Boston Celtics did what they had to do. Um, the Washington Wizards didn't do what they needed to do. And that's why, you know, they're in the situation that they're in. Um, I really expected Russell Westbrook to really, you know, kind of lead the way. Um, Boston Celtics defeated uh, Washington Wizards 118 to 100. Jason Tatum had 50 points. So, yeah, 50. He dropped 50 on them. And, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, didn't have his best game. You know, Bradley Beal had 22, you know what I mean, for um, the Wizards. But, um, you know, Boston moves on. Um, in the other Eastern uh, Conference uh, playing game, the Indiana Pacers gave it to the Charlotte Hornets, 144 to 117. Indiana displayed basketball, and Charlotte chose not to show up. So, again, those two Eastern Conference playing games were basically duds. Um, right now, San Antonio and Memphis are getting in in the Western Conference at 56-49 in the second period. Memphis beats San Antonio. Um, later on tonight, you got the Golden State Warriors at the Los Angeles Lakers. I, um, the Lakers are where they deserve to be. You know, I don't really, you know, care about the LeBron saga anymore. They just try to stretch this out. You know what I mean? Um, I'm really over that. I hope Golden State, you know, beats the Lakers. I really do. I think that, you know, it's a it's a big myth about, you know, the Anthony Davis and LeBron and this and that and the third. Um, you know, people are thinking they're going to, you know, take the you know Western Conference. I'm not really sure about that. You know what I mean? With, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they might be bigger than any other team, but I'm not sure if they if they want it as much, man. You know what I mean? LeBron wants a cakewalk. You know, so I think that um, when you when you talk about, you know, Golden State, people slept on them. People, you know, that's, that's a team I look at in the West, kind of like you know, the Knicks, they didn't respect them. They didn't think that Golden State Warriors were going to do anything, especially with, you know, Klay Thompson being injured. Um, you know, Steph just, you know, coming back. But Steph, you know, uh, played to an MVP level this year. Absolutely. Um, you know, they, they're young still. You know what I mean? But they're in the playoffs. Or play in, whatever you want to call it. And I think that they have a chance, you know. Um, I think that Steph has to have one of those games if they're going to win. He definitely has to have one of those games. But enough of all of that. Let's talk about my New York Knicks. All right? Fourth in the East, home court advantage. Let's go. Put some respect on my New York Knicks, man. Period. Put some respect on them. I think that um, this season has been one of you know unexpected surprises. They played to their potential. Um, you know, all these guys have had great years. You name it up and down, up and down the. The, the, the up and down the, the the lineup, the roster. Everybody contributed. Everybody, you know, did their numbers. Everybody, you know, um, was a star. 
compared you know, particular games where, you know, Allie Burke showed up. You know, Frankie showed up. You know what I mean? Julia showed up every And later on in the season, R.J. Barrett was getting busy. You know what I mean? And we did a lot of this, um, the majority of it, without Mitchell Robinson. Okay? So, again, put some respect on the New York Knicks going up against the Indiana, I mean, excuse me, the Atlanta Hawks um, in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. Game one is Sunday at Madison Square Garden. Again, I'm proud of my team. And, again, this is going to be um, a barometer of what they're going to, you know, what they can accomplish. And, again, I, two months ago I said <clears throat> the ceiling for the Knicks is home court advantage, which means one of the top four teams in the East, and win the first round playoff series. Anything after that is gravy. You know, and, and again, I'll take this season. 41 wins, I'll take it. You know what I mean? And uh, as far as it being a disappointment, there's no way in the world that this season could be a disappointment at all. At all. Fourth in the East. I mean, you, you, you can't buy that, you know? And I think that um, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, want to laugh and make jokes because their team is not winning or whatever. Nah, everything turns, everything is cyclical, yo. It goes around in circles, B. It goes around. What goes around comes around. Understand that. So right now, the New York Knicks, man, um, you know, winning the three in a row going into this playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks is going to be tough. As you already know, the Hawks, they have a, a young team themselves. You know, and I think that um, you know, when you got when you talk about Trey Young, you talk about you know, um, Kid Collins, you know, you talk about Clint Capella, you know, you talk about a team that you know is going to be ready for you know whatever goes down. And again, this is going to be a test for both of these teams. It's going to be a test, definitely. You know what I mean? The Knicks are fourth, Atlanta is fifth, so it's not like that much of a difference between the two. But I think when you talk about, you know, these teams coming into the series, um, both teams should be ready. Um, and both, you know, both teams are being, you know, well coached. And when you when you talk about, you know, what these teams are going to do and what they can do, I think, you know, the Knicks, I think the Knicks are better than the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I think that the Knicks can win this series. And I think they can win it kind of easily, if you ask me. I think that the Knicks are, are going to, you know, um, show up. You know, they're going to show up. I think that it's to our advantage to have the first two games of the series at home. You know, I think it's going to be a game that, you know, one game might get away from us in the series. But I think if we can go down to Atlanta up 2-0, that would say a lot about, you know, where this team is. If we can go up to Atlanta, you know, up 2-0, I think that, um, you know, we're going to, you know, um, be able to take control of the series and, and kind of not look back. And I'm just kind of like right now I'm relying on a guy like R.J. Barrett who, you know, really, really, you know, showed um, his maturity and showed that he was a better player and improved from last year. You know what I mean? Him, you know, being a, being, you know, uh, being a dude that people expected a lot from, you know what I mean? And maybe it didn't happen, you know, like it was supposed to. But, hey, so what? Here we are now. You know, and, and Obi Toppin as well. You know what I mean? This year's rookie. You know, Obi Toppin, man. Um, I liked him. I was glad that the Knicks got Obi Toppin. I started off, you know, 
fairly decent. Then he kind of fell off and then he got hurt. But, I mean, late in the season, he was showing, you know, uh, flashes of, you know, being a contributor. He wants to contribute. And I'm not mad at that at all. So when you talk about what the Knicks are going to bring into the series, they're going to bring confidence. All right? They're going to they're gonna bring, you know, the, the swag. They're going to bring, you know, what they need to bring into this series, man, which is definitely confidence. And the crowd is going to be there. So that that's going to be a another you know confidence boost for the Knicks. The crowd will be there in the building, and again, um, the Knicks. I, I'm expecting the Knicks to win the series in five games. People are calling the Knicks seven. You know, it shouldn't go that far. This series, this series should not touch seven games. The series should not touch seven games. We should not have to come back to Madison, Gar- Madison Square Garden for game seven. Not. I think the Knicks. I don't think they're going to steamroll. I'm not saying that, but I'm thinking that the Knicks are going to, you know, um, go up 2-0, probably lose game three. You know what I mean? And then win the next two games and win the series and get ready for the second round um, against, you know, probably Philadelphia. You know, so, again, I think that that's, that's, that's what's going to go on right there. Um, as far as, you know, what's going to go on in the Western Conference tonight, um, again, I think Golden State is going to win. Um well, I want Golden State to win. Uh, I, I want Memphis to beat San Antonio, and then we can get this NBA playoff thing, you know, rolling. You know what I mean? Um, and that, and that's that. Yo, um, Bob, what's good? Oh, man, a lot of things here, man. You know, I agree with you on the Knicks, too, man, with the Hawks. I mean, you know, you know I mean, you know, I'm looking at this thing. I'm looking at this thing, this thing very similar. You know, Knicks are definitely winning. You know, I mean, like I said, not going to be a cakewalk. But, yeah, the Knicks, you know, they'll, they'll win this one. It's, you know, it's a question of what they do, what they do in round two that's going to really matter. Absolutely. We'll be right back here on Action VR Network with... After further review, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. On March 22, 2021, Medford, Oregon Faith-Based Broadcasting Network and Ministry, the Dove, had their First Amendment rights attacked and violated as they were permanently banned from YouTube, which is owned by Google. The only reason given to them for this banishment was that their content had violated the so-called community guidelines. This removal included over 15,000 videos of their guests and news broadcasts. Despite appeals and demands for the video's return, they are now permanently gone. The Dove has over 40 years of providing hope, encouragement, and giving a biblical perspective to current events. Despite these attacks on free speech, the Dove will not be silenced. They are finalizing plans to switch to a new digital platform, but they need your help. The new service will cost approximately $60,000 per year. Please pray about partnering with the Dove financially and helping them distribute their content and providing hope and encouragement to people all over the world. You could call them nationally at 800-373-5368 or you can give online at thedove.us. We at Action VR Network and our video platform Action VR TV took a stand in our support of the Dove by permanently deleting our YouTube channel that we operated for 
over 10 years, thus effectively canceling YouTube. This is in response to YouTube's cowardly actions against the Dove, who are currently seeking to take legal action. We encourage you to send a contribution to our new friends at the Dove as they look for a new digital platform to call home. Please support the Dove any way you can and end this big tech censorship once and for all. Again, that's 800-373-5368 or online at thedove.us. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge... I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at freedomlake.com slash gratefulheartphotography or heroes.app slash pages slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org. 
to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Man, I want to tell y'all something, man. Man, I'm not going to let these material things get in my way, y'all. I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. Father God, I am clay in your hands. Help me to stay that way through all life's demands. Because they chip and they nag and they pull at me. And every little thing I make up my mind to be. Like I'm going to be a daddy who's in the mix. And I'ma be a husband who stays legit And I pray that I'm an artist who rises above The road that is wide and filled with self-love Everything that I see draws me Though it's only in you that I can truly see That it's a feast for the eyes, a low blow to purpose And I'm a little kid at a three-ring circus I don't flashes and they think that it's you but they don't know that who you are is not what you do true we get it twisted when we peek at the charts yo before we part from the start was your heart you hustler tell me what's your title america has no more stars now we call them idols you said idol while we teach prosperity the first thing to prosper should be inside me not because of 22 is on the range but christ came in range we said yes now we change not the same even though i met a fall since i got that call no more saw now i'm all yep i don't
forces of this world that fight for our love yes, Lord. and our passion. Yes, Lord. As our eyes are open wide and on you, Talk to grant us the privilege of your world. Yes, and may your kingdom be what wakes us up and lays us down. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, we are back in the building live and direct, man, 8 to 10 Wednesday nights. We are here, man. Um, Got to shout out my NHL hockey people, Stanley Cup playoffs going on right now. Um, Divisional playoffs right now, Avalanche in the St. Louis Blues. Colorado leads that series one game to none. Las Vegas Golden Knights in the Minnesota Wild. That series is tied at a game of peace. Um, the uh, Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay leads that series two games to none. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, excuse me, lead the Nashville Predators one game to none. The Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins are tied at a game of peace. Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders are tied at a game of peace. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens haven't started this series yet. And the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets have just dropped the puck in their no score in the first period. Um, Boston and Washington tied, and they're going to overtime in game three. Tied at two. Um, game two between Carolina and Nashville. Carolina leads one nothing. Game two between St. Louis and Colorado is tonight at 10.30. Uh, Calgary and Vancouver uh, played Calgary Flames, defeated Vancouver 6-2. All right, so when you talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, man, they're, they're doing their thing. Um, the division playoffs, you know, everybody, you know, the top um, four teams in each division play, and then it goes um, one to four. So you may have two teams in the East playing for the Stanley Cup, two teams in the West play for the Stanley Cup. So that's 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 that. I wanted to get that in a little bit. Um Something else I wanted to talk about, man. I wanted to get back on the Knicks real quick. Um, the New York Knicks go into the series with the Atlanta Hawks. People think that, you know, I haven't been paying attention to the Knicks. I wanted to see what they were going to do. And like I said, I pay attention to the Knicks. I just don't jump out the window like everybody else. I told you two months ago, I said the New York Knicks, the ceiling for the Knicks would be the fourth seed, and win a series, win a playoff series. All right. Um, neither team, the Knicks or the Atlanta Hawks, are going to be bringing a lot of playoff experience into this uh, series, which is the best of seven. Um, the New York Knicks, last time they were in the playoffs was 2013, and Atlanta hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. All right. Uh, we all know the story about the Knicks, you know, Tom, Tom Thibodeau, you know, working with basically the same roster that went 21 and 45, you know what I mean, in 2019. So, again, um, you know, I think the focus on defense, it kind of just, you know, got them that much better. And it improved, and the offense improved early and it stayed consistent. Um, Atlanta, on the other hand, they did their um, situation kind of on the fly. I remember they started off with Lloyd Pierce as being their coach. 
They were 14-20. and 20. Then uh, Nate McMillan took over. And since then, the Atlanta Hawks have been, you know, um, I think 27-11 and 11 since March the 1st. So I think when you talk about the series right here, um, both teams, you know, um, again, lacking on the experience, but that's what makes it a good series because, you know, these, these guys are going to be going hard and they're going to be relying on each other like they have been all year long. Um, the point guard matchup, it looks like, you know, um, Atlanta's got that on deck, you know, with Trey Young, um, who's going to get some votes on all NBA ballots. You know what I mean? Averaging 25 points a game and nine assists. Um, again, he's going to be feeding the basketball to guys like Clint Capella and John Collins, getting them easy baskets around the rim. He averaged 24 and 12 in three games against the Knicks this year. Excuse me, for the Knicks, um, their point guard situation has been kind of like suspect. You know, Alfred Payton's starter, but, you know, they get they have a rotation. Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Manuel Quickly is a rookie, and Frank and Aquina have all had time. You know what I mean? It's, you know, we've had to, you know, flip because people have been injured. We had to replace this guy. You know what I mean? So our point guard situation has been shaky. Um, people worrying about, you know, as Julius Randle ran out of gas. I don't think so. I think this is what he wanted. And now we're going to see the best of Julius Randle now. Um, he's going to he's going to win the most improved player. All right? Everybody was talking about most valuable player. There you go jumping out the window again. I think Julius Randle's got the most improved player lock. I think Tom Thibodeau's got coach of the year lock. Um, I think, you know, when you have, you know, time to you know, kind of like rest and get yourself together. Um, I think that whatever, you know, Collins and Capella and Atlanta Hawks are going to throw at Julius Randle, I think he's going to have enough help around him to get the job done. Um, again, when, you know, the starters sit, I think the Knicks were ranked third in bench scoring. All right? So I think that when, you know, the, you know, as you know, the playoff rotation is tightened. So it's going to be, you know, incumbent on these guys to, you know, score and contribute when they're in the game. Because, again, you, you know, you're not going to go, you know, nine or ten deep. You'll probably go seven or eight deep, you know. So, again, um, I think with the Knicks, you know, being ranked fourth in the league defensively, they, you know, they, they are definitely, you know, coming up. They Last year they were ranked 23rd. Um, again, you know, with, with the defense, you know, in the paint, shout out to Nolan Noel. Um, he was the only player in the league to average at least one steal and two blocks a game. So I think, you know, when you when you talk about stuff like that, it, it, it's noticeable, you know, and, and the Knicks are consistent with it. And I think that when you when you play a team like the Atlanta Hawks, who are basically a mirror of what you're doing, they both finish with the same record. You know what I mean? So I think that um, this series is going to kind of like be, these teams are going to be a mirror of each other. Um, again, like we mentioned, neither team has a lot of playoff experience going into this series. Um, the Knicks won three games against Atlanta in the, in the, in the regular season, so they swept them. It was three and you know, three and zero. Um, so again, man, I'm liking the Knicks. And again, I think it's going to be you know Knicks at five. I think they're going to take advantage of you know being the home team, you know being the home uh, squad for the first two games. I think that's going to really come in handy for them. That's why I said you know get the home court advantage. You know, that would be another feather in your cap as far as, you know, trying to, you know, gain some type of leverage in the playoff situation, you know. 
So that's that's what that's about right there. So everything is everything, man. So um, hopefully the New York Knicks, man, can show up starting Sunday. Um, I'm confident. I think that, again, like I said, the Knicks, you know, in five. If I wasn't confident, I would think that it would be, you know, the same as it goes seven games or something like that. Nah, I think, you know, the Knicks are going to handle their business. I think they're going to handle their business and then look forward to – but don't look past Atlanta. You don't want to look forward to, you know what I mean, to um, trying to, you know, get to a series with the Philadelphia 76ers. You don't want to do that. Just play what you play, you know what I mean, and, 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 and do what you got to do against the Atlanta Hawks and, and hold, hold the home court down and we'll be all right. But um, besides that, man, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, a, a playoff situation where at least they're not in a bubble. They're running home courts now. They're going to allow some fans into the building. So it's definitely going to be um, a more spirited, you know, uh, back, a situation with the, with the playoffs, where the playoffs are concerned. And um, I think that um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be great. And I think, again, like I said, the Knicks are going to win. Um, the series, you know what I mean, against the Atlanta Hawks. You know, shout out to Atlanta Hawks. But I think that the Knicks are going to handle their business, man, and show and prove that um, this season was a fluke, wasn't a fluke. And um, I'm not really concerned about what the Brooklyn Nets do. I'm really not. You know, I just think that you know the Brooklyn Nets they still have some things that they have to, you know, get together as far as you know having their main three guys on the court at the same time. You know. Um, I think they're going to play the Boston Celtics in the first round. You know, I think they're going to, you know, run through Boston. If they don't sweep Boston, that's a problem. But what Boston, you know, no Jalen Brown, you know. And, again, you know, Boston played as well, looked as good as they did against Washington because Washington played bad. And that's not going to happen against the Brooklyn Nets. So they're going to have to, you know, really if they want to, you know, make some kind of impact in this series. They're going to have, you know, try to snatch a game in Brooklyn. And again, you know, you might catch Brooklyn on an off night defensively. You know, that, that has happened before. You know, so again, um, if Brooklyn doesn't sweep, if Brooklyn has a problem with the Boston Celtics, then, you know, um, I think that, you know, that's going to not go well, but everybody's kind of taking the easy way out and saying that the, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are going to, um, win the NBA title. A lot of people are saying the Brooklyn Nets not even going to come out the East. You know what I mean? But that's all contingent on what the the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not rooting against Brooklyn. I'm just thinking that now, you know, these, these teams in, in Philadelphia and Milwaukee are just as good as that Brooklyn squad. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Brooklyn didn't, you know, Brooklyn didn't finish first in the East. The Sixers did. Even though it was only one game, so what? And Milwaukee finished third only two games behind the Brooklyn Nets. And then it was the New York Knicks coming in fourth, holding down the last home court spot. So when you talk about, you know, the first round of the playoffs, man, you know, what you're expecting, expecting the top teams to win. And uh, we'll see what happens in the second round. All right? This is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building. Myself, Pretty Bob James. You can get at me, man, on Twitter at RMDesk. Get at my crew, No Knockoffs Radio. Get at us on Twitter. Right. You got music or something, send it in. No Knockoffs Radio at Gmail. No Knockoffs Radio at Gmail. And um, we'll get you popping. So, yeah, that's that's what it is, man. That's what we're dealing with right now, man. Um, somebody asked me about the, you know, what I thought about Tim Tebow. Um, you know, I think that's nepotism at its finest, man. 
You know, Urban Meyer got his man, you know, in the, in the, in the locker room. Got his man back on, on, you know, in the NFL situation. I'm not going to talk to how, you know, that's taking the job away from somebody else. And, you know, Tim Tebow's playing with it. You know, goes from playing baseball to playing football and not really being too successful at either one of them. Um, I think he's still living kind of sort of off the Denver situation when they, you know, won a, won a playoff game. I'm not mad at that. You know, but then you want to turn that situation into a circus. You got the number one pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. You got a whole new situation coming in there as far as the, the coaches. You know what I mean? With Urban Meyer, he's got pressure on him now because everywhere he's gone in his first year, he's won. So, you know, are you going to give him a mulligan on this one? You know, and I think that, you know, um, we know what the deal is. You got Tim Tebow to put some some people in the seats, however many people they let in the stadium. And, again, man, it's nepotism at its finest, man. That's his man. So I'm not mad at that. But, again, um, I remember when Tim Tebow was offered that situation, he turned it down because he wanted to go play baseball. So from them just pop up, you know, at a, at a at a moment's notice and say, hey, I want to, you know, get down with, you know, play some football at, at tight end, you know. And um, I don't know, man. This is what it is. It's, 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 lucky to, it's lucky to be, you know, who you are sometimes and, and, and know people in high places. So that's, that's, that's what's up with that. Um, we don't want to predict no division winners in football yet. Let me get out of here. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about, too. The um, I wanted to talk about the college football. The first week of the college football season is going to be crazy. Hold up. I think Miami is playing Alabama. This is um, the first week of the college football season is about bananas, you know. And, um, again, when you, when you talk about, you know, college football, they're trying to, you know, um, keep things as normal as possible. You know, and, and again, I'm not mad at that. But when you talk about, you know, what, what's going on in college football, man, the, the focus isn't really going to be on, you know, what's going on on in, in particular teams, man. Because a lot of things are going on with the transfer portal. A lot of coaches are moving around. You know, um, I think Notre Dame is no longer in the ACC. It's a lot of, I don't want to say confusion. There's a lot of craziness going on in college football, man. Um, the Alabama Crimson Tide defending national champions going to play my Miami Hurricanes. All right? Um, it's going to be two Chick-fil-A kickoff games in Atlanta. All right? Um, Alabama's going to have to replace Devontae Smith who won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, quarterback Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, uh, among others. But I think that when you talk about with Nick Saban, Bring it to the table. He always bring. He's ready. He has his teams ready. And I'm worried about you know as far as my Miami Hurricanes. Um, Derek King, you know he he said no to the NFL draft. He wanted to do one more year in college. He threw over 2,600 yards, 27 touchdowns last year. Um, I think that with the schedule that the Miami Hurricanes have, we don't have to worry about Clemson this year. But I wasn't gonna really worry about Clemson too much this year anyway. You know what I mean? So I think we get the toughest game, one of our toughest games, you know, out of the way early, and it's going to be a test 
to see, you know, where we are. Um, then uh, Clemson in Georgia, they play. Um, and I think that this game is going to be, you know, a, a kind of a um, kind of a a indication of where we are with the Georgia Bulldogs. Because I don't want to get on them because they, they make me laugh. Because they've had chances to to really make some noise and you know late in in SEC championship games and, and playoff games stuff like that, um, but a lot of people are saying this could be the year for Georgia. You know, um, again they don't have their top receiver George Pickens. He's going to be out. He's got ACL. Um, JT Daniels. We're going to see what happens with him uh, under new offensive coordinator Todd Market. So hopefully. Um, you know, JT Daniels, who really, really played decent in the last few games of, of last season. He threw for 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions. So now he's got, you know, he's got a full offseason under his belt. We'll see how, you know, um, Georgia can pick things up on the offensive side. And um, against Clemson, man, um, you know, Clemson's got to move on from Trevor Lawrence, you know. Um, but they've got a kid, DJ Ukulele, Ukulele. Yeah, I said that, right? Ukulele, right? Um, he's a sophomore. He played two games last year against Boston College and Notre Dame. He had 781 yards passing and four touchdowns. So I think that um, when you have Clemson, you know, under Dabble Sweeney, they, they, they do their thing in, you know, regular season non-conference games. So they, you know, usually rely on their defense. So we'll see what happens. You know, Clemson against Georgia, that's going to be prime time. All right. Then on Sunday, we had Notre Dame at Florida State. You know what I mean? Um, and that would have been the conference game last year. Remember, Notre Dame was in the ACC. Um, it's going back to a normal scheduling agreement. All right. Um, I think Notre Dame coming off their playoff appearance last year, they got to start fast against this Florida State team. They're still trying to find their way. Um, even though they, they, you know, Florida State beat North Carolina last year. Um, if they could start off with another win against Notre Dame, that would be really, really big for them. Um, then Labor Day night, we've got Louisville against Ole Miss. Uh, I think, you know, Ole Miss getting, you know, getting a national TV game is, is nice. Um, it's nice when you have Lane Kiffin as your, as your coach. But I think that, um, when, you know, you've got, a national audience on ESPN. It's Labor Day night, playing Louisville. You're at home, uh, but you don't have your 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 top wide receiver Elijah Moore. So we're gonna have to see what you know um, Ole Miss can do against this Louisville team, who were really really disappointed last year. People, a lot of people liked them coming into the, into the 2020 season, but they didn't really show up at all. It disappointed a lot of people. So we'll see if Louisville can recover from that. All right. So this is after further review, man. Two point oh, aka sideline pass. Let's get into my Yankees and some baseball right now. You already know what it is. You know my Yankees trying to do their thing, um, dealing with this COVID stuff and all of that. Um, but let me say before I get into the Yankees, real quick, I'm not mad at the fact that there's been five no hitters in baseball this season. I think I, I might have said – I always say a lot of stuff, man. Um, I might have said that, you know, the difference between last season and this season 
is that you know, they only played like a third of the season. They played 60 games. Now they're going to go back to playing 162. You're going to have some games where, you know, the lineups are going to get shut down. You know, you got call-ups and, you know, people who are used to being, you know, being in that type of situation, um, these younger players. But then you just got pitchers on their game. You know, pitchers, you know, shout-out to John Means and the Baltimore Orioles. You know, you know he's a good pitcher. And, again, at the, at the end of the day, man, um, you know, talking about moving the mound back and all of this nonsense, man. Nah, let them dudes play, man. Sometimes you're going to hit the ball, sometimes you're not. And, and I think that, 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 you know, comes along with the territory, man. I think that, um, you know, when you talk about things that are going on, you got to let the dudes live. And, again, I think that, you know, this season is going to be, when it gets to uh, uh, July and August, it's going to really get crazy. It's going to really get crazy because these these dudes are going to be tired. You know what I mean? So, again, and, and then so now you're going to have to replace those guys with guys who aren't, you know, really professional hitters like that, and, and here we go. So, shout-out to Spencer Turnbull. Shout-out to uh, Wade Miley. You know what I mean? Shout-out to all those dudes who are no hitters, man. Respect. You earned that. You know, so again, you know, salute to you, man. Salute to all those dudes, man. I hope they throw some more no hitters. You know, because again, you know, nobody says nothing when everybody hitting five hundred foot home runs. All right, if the pitchers can, if the pitchers can live, let them live. If this, if, if they can throw a no hitter, let them live. It's not the pitchers' fault that these dudes can't hit. And again, at the end of the day, you're gonna, you're gonna have, you know. They catch you're gonna catch teams slipping. You're gonna catch teams slipping. Shout out to Albert Pujols too, man. Um, the Angels, you know, cut ties with him, and uh, he went. He said, "That's how I adore everybody." And went down to the Dodgers. So um, I don't really you know know what he's gonna do there. Just do some pinch hitting appearances. Um, I don't know, maybe fill in at first base here and there, but. Um, you know, at least he's still, you know, he's got a situation where he can still play, and that's, that's what's up. Um, the Chicago White Sox, man, they're, they're hot. They're hot, 10 games over 500. Um, again, uh, the last 11 games, Jose Abreu was hitting 395. The three home runs are 14 RBIs. Um, the Houston Astros, they're sneaky. They're coming, you know, they're quietly making some noise. Jose, Jose Altuve has an 11-game hitting streak. All right, um, Oakland, okay, they're making some noise. Okay, remember, they started off kind of slow, all right, and they have a very favorable schedule through the middle of June. So watch for the A's to make some noise in that America League West. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, they started off six and, 16 and 9. Um, they're 9 and 8, all right, with eight of those wins coming against the Texas Rangers, Detroit Tigers, the Baltimore Orioles, and the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Um, San Francisco Giants, man. I think they're, they're a team that nobody saw coming. Shout out to Buster Posey. That's my guy. You know, I like Buster Posey, man. And he, he's having like somewhat of a, a renaissance year after he decided to, you know, sit out because of the COVID. Shout out to him. Shout out to um, Mike Jastrzemski. You know, shout out to that team. Kevin Gosman. You know what I mean? Anthony Discalfani, Alex Wood. You know what I mean? The Giants are doing their thing. Um, San Diego Padres, um, 
they still, you know, they swept the Cardinals. Shout out to them. You know, half of their, you know, regular position players are down. Um, I think the homie uh, Fernando Tatis came back. He had a home run today. Um, St. Louis Cardinals, they're doing they're doing the Cardinal thing, you know, on you know over five hundred, definitely, you know, in 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 the in the situation in the National League Central, you know, um, Toronto Blue Jays, they're playing good baseball right now, and now they get a, you know, now they get to play Boston, Toronto, excuse me, Boston, Tampa, and the Yankees back to back to back. So we'll see what's good with that. All right. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers, man, they, you know, they, they, you know, we're going through some things, you know what I mean? Uh, not so, you know, uh, recently, but I think that they're trying to get it back together, man. Um, you know, with some clutch hits and, um, they lost, um, Corey Seager, but, um, they, they should be all right. They should be all right. Uh, the, the New York Yankees, my New York Yankees, man, 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 um, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, I need you dudes to really get hot at the same time. I need, you know, I need a couple of other dudes to step up and be reliable. I need DJ LeMayu to be a little bit better, all right, um, as far as my pitches are concerned. You know, Gary Cole, he's doing his thing, you know what I mean? I need everybody that, you know, that comes behind him to, to step it up. I watch Jordan Montgomery. You know what I mean, and he, you know, do what he needs to do. But um, again, I like where we're at right now. You know what I mean? We, you know, the record is, you know, it could be a little bit better, but I think that, uh, um, you know, we haven't lost a series since April 16th. Okay, so I mean that that has to hold some kind of weight. All right, this is after further review, man. 2.0, aka the sideline pass. I'm gonna get the three minute rant popping, then I'm gonna get up out of here. All right. Um, the three-minute rant, what I want to talk about with the three-minute rant is the moves being made in the WNBA. The WNBA is coming along so well, man. I'm so proud of them, man. They're, they're doing their numbers as they should. Um, the teams are, you know, the quality of basketball is definitely, you know, up. I mean, you know, Liberty uh, doing their thing. Um, they're still undefeated. Um, but I just wanted to talk about real quick, man. And shout out to uh, Sabrina Inescu. I she's doing a triple double thing, you know what I mean. And I think that she's a you know a great you know uh, situation for the WNBA as far and, and as well as Candace Parker playing in Chicago. She's got a new start with the Chicago with the Chicago Sky. Um, I think when you talk about anticipated players. Coming back to the WNBA, Elena Deladon coming back from her injury. This Cambridge coming back. You know what I mean? Uh, Jocko Jones coming back for Connecticut. So I think it's a lot going on with the WNBA. I think they need to be saluted and recognized a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, definitely, man. Because they earned they, they earned their notch. They're still here. They're still here, and they're getting bigger, and they're getting better. And, and as far as, you know, um, off the court, Issues. They definitely, you know, stepped up and took care of that and made their presence felt and let everybody know that it was going to be, you know, it's a serious thing going on and they were going to, you know, be able to, you know, lend their voices to the situation that needs to get dealt with. All right. Um, that's a three minute rant, man. I'm going to get up out of here, man. Wacko Bob, aka PBJ, aka Ubiquitous Bob James, holding me down. I appreciate everybody, man. Um, we're going to do this again next week.
right, I got y'all covered. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass. I got to run to make. I'll talk to y'all, man, next week on the other side. All right, peace. Just anyone. I only wanna rap about God's true son. That's the only one that gives true love, and the source of it is from heaven above. You see, I'm spreading His truth throughout the nation, and I'm sharing His love with all creation. I got a righteous heart and a Bible in my hand. I'll spread the gospel all through the land. Well, let me tell you, homeboy, your stuff don't mean a thing, 'cause you ain't rapping about the one true king. Your rhymes are giving all our ears a pain. Cause you ain't saying that Jesus Christ reigns. Pretty soon they've been saying that your rapping don't please us. Cause born again Christians gonna be rapping about Jesus. The things you rap about to you might seem okay. But what will be your rap on judgment day? So before you leave, let me tell you what to do. Just give your life to Jesus cause he really loves you. You see, J-E-S-U-S are the letters of his name. Faith and salvation are the essence of his name. J-E-S-U-S. And soon you will see all the attributes of the man who saved me. Now he is the man who came from Galilee. And he died for your sins on an old rugged tree. He healed the lame and he made the blind see. And he talked about loving how the end will be. Now Jesus, they tell me, is truly the way. When he does his blessing, the Lord doesn't pray. He gave up his life for all of your sins. And he would change your life, yeah, if you let him in. I consider it to be a real harsh crime. If you miss the message in this room. That most of you people have never heard. I'm speaking the truth, and my bond is my word. I meet many issues who try to diss till they hear the message you don't wanna miss. Of these words are strong. I rap about Christ, He will never do you wrong. Now, praising His name is all I wanna do. And I will preach His word just to change you. Now, give Him your all, and soon you will know that a life with Jesus is the way to go. And when you serve the Lord, He will give you His best. And His name is spelled